0: so my time to ask questions and i actually have uh it's not one question but it's a topic i came across on your website where you talk about your your own sensitivity Mm -hmm. and you talk about it both in this way of things breaking you open Mm -hmm. but also that being kind of the door of life to to enter in a way and I'm just really curious how you experience this uh, sensitivity in your, in your life, in yourself.
1: Uh, I think being highly sensitive uh, has felt like being broken open um, because I didn't understand what sensitivity was or what the worth of it was for a long time living in a culture in Canada that doesn't like sensitive people. You know, the, the phrase, you're too sensitive, stop taking things on, stop taking it so personally, um, uh, as a criticism, felt, felt like the theme around sensitivity rather than a valuing of, oh, you're feeling or sensing something that we don't, tell me more. Uh, and feeling broken open also came from not understanding how to take care of myself and and uh, hold all the sensing all the feeling without being overwhelmed by it and it's also the doorway into feeling so deeply connected right so feeling having experiences of touching a tree or a rose bush and feeling into the entire root system and kind of soul of the, or spirit of the, the plant, um, of going into a room and feeling, feeling the emotional tone or feeling the states of people. And then the breaking open part again of not knowing that it's not me of of wondering why why was I in such a great mood and now I'm suddenly so distressed what's wrong with me taking it on instead of understanding that the sensing is of another's experience outside of me and I you know learning how to actually be grounded and maintain my own sense of myself while also feeling someone else's state or, uh was a long learning process that I didn't get to until I would say my thirties.
0: Um, I, I actually liked the moment where you said, uh, where you talked about sensitivity as, Oh, what do you sense? And that basically sensitivity is the amount of what am I sensing? What are you sensing? And what are the implications that amount of data that comes in?
1: Mm-hmm. has
0: on us um, I'm curious how, how do you experience that sensitivity now in your life because you kind of talked about the journey how is it mm-hmm. how is it now
1: oh well I have a great example so in these pandemic times of course my daughter and I have mostly been hunkered down in our apartment we've been going for walks every day mostly in nature and, um, and it's been super grounding for me i'm not overstimulated although certainly if i spend too much time on the internet i am but yesterday we had a big adventure plan (laughs) so we needed to get uh groceries like um staples i don't know if you've heard of costco i don't know if costco exists where you are but it's uh I,
0: i know what costco is yeah
1: so it's a it's the kind of um grocery store store i don't like being in because it's huge There's a lot of people. There's all uh, often for me, it feels like a very frantic energy of consuming and stocking up and, but it's also very affordable because it's a membership model of a store. Um, And so we decided to go. This was like our first big outing since the pandemic started. My daughter was very excited. She's a real extrovert. And we decided to go to the store and I could, uh, I could feel my state shifting as we got into the lineup and then we got into the the enormous warehouse building with all the fluorescent lights and all the people and all the face masks. And uh, um, I just felt this really intense, very uncomfortable fog, almost like a duvet about a foot thick all around my head and my neck and a, a headache building and um, just a very sort of panicky feeling of oh I just I have to get out of here like if if I hadn't been shopping with my daughter and we had a list of useful things to buy like olive oil etc I would have bolted out there as quick as I went in because it's such an uncomfortable feeling so but knowing knowing myself a little better I was like mmm you know what? I bet this is going to dissipate once we leave the store. All I have to do is just wait till we leave the store. It's not me. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not having some strange reaction. I'm, I'm just feeling the vibe of the experience of people in this place shopping. And sure enough, we left and the headache had also developed and took about 10, 15 minutes and the fog just, kind of started stripping away all of those sensations and the intensity of the feelings that were arising shifted.
0: So in this example, it's a lot about the question of how much of what you perceive, what you sense, do you take personal?
1: Yeah. And also, can I, can I be with the discomfort of it? Even if I'm not taking it personally, it doesn't feel good to be in that kind of space for me. But knowing that I'm not taking it personally, knowing that it's situational, can I just be in the uncomfortable state, know that I'm tuning into the state of the organization and the building and everyone in it? Just be okay being uncomfortable, knowing it'll shift rather than panicking and not doing the task that i set out to do because it feels uncomfortable Mm
0: -hmm. so it's it's a question of perspective and containment in a way can i contain it and can i keep the perspective of
1: yeah although it's i think it's more a containment of can i contain my knowledge of myself as separate from the sensation and perspective that feels like it's intruding inside of me can i contain the me that i know is me feel everything else and just hold it at the edges of of my container of myself instead of having it go right into the core which is what used to happen
0: that that you that you know is you that you just pointed to you pointed to your heart uh, when you spoke of that H- how is that different from whatever is coming in in for you personally
1: uh, I think the difference is I can is, is going inward and tuning especially my body tuning into my body as the inner source of my sense of presence and the differentiation of the other things that I'm picking up on coming towards me so if i'm if i'm grounded in my inner self it's easy to discern what is the outer world if i'm not grounded in my inner self it all feels like me but out of my control
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm. That sounds tricky. Me, but out of my control. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, it is (laughs) tricky. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Does this, does this, it sounds like it's very much a somatic experience, this uh, inner self. Does that have a specific quality when it's there for you?
1: Hmm. That's an interesting question. i'm I'm uh, trying to tune in and find some words for it. It feels like the quality it definitely feels like it's along my midline, along my spine, and it's the quality of swimming in choppy water but going underwater and just finding a still point of floating and uh that feeling that feeling of calm dense peace of course these things change all the time but right at the moment that's my description Mm -hmm. for it
0: and then i can also hear that comparison of calm dense peace compared to it's all me, but out of my control. Like I can see how that's quite a different life experience.
1: Yeah. So knowing those two different states, I'm better at, um, experiencing what I'm sensing around me without taking it on. (laughs) Or Um, if I get, actually, if I go into a forest or something like that, I do, Deliberately soak up all of the piece of <laughs> the greater piece of being in a forest, for example, the, the external that I do want to take in, you know.
0: I was just about to ask about that when you say you do intentionally soak that in. How do you do that?
1: Hmm. Well. I don't live there anymore, but uh, I used to live on Vancouver Island in BC, Canada, which is on the Pacific coast. Um, It's known for these really incredible forests, just massive trees. And um, there was one particular forest I used to go to because I could just go onto these walking trails. It wasn't very busy, so there weren't a lot of people around. And I could just find a spot to walk through or sit. There was also a, a river and a creek and I'd often sit under this little bridge at that junction. And I would I'd just, just sit and sit and sit and wait for this kind of settling of my thinking mind and this settling in my body. So, the soaking up, going into natural spaces and old growth forests is just this unbelievable experience of feeling very small and surrounded by ancient beings. And um, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's like it's not an act of soaking up so much as it is an act of patient settling in order to be open enough to allow the natural world to i guess enter me like a sponge it's very restorative and very it was very calming for my thinking mind
0: yeah Yeah, i i like the description of um You wait for your, for your system to settle and then something different can happen. And is that something you personally uh, practice or cultivate this settling or?
1: Oh, well, I'm good at uh, not doing it. <laughs> we were resistance showing up. Um, but I think... Uh, it was more the that little forest um, started to teach me how, actually. I Someone took me on a walk there um, and I just loved being in the trees and near the water so much. Just that particular spot, nothing else had really pulled me, that um, I started going by myself and I just started noticing that After about 10, 15 minutes, my brain would start to calm. My joints would start to move with a little more ease. I'd start to slow down. And so I feel like by showing up, the forest was teaching me how to receive. It wasn't any sort of figuring it out act on my part.
0: It was more of an allowing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: that was 15 minutes (laughs) thank you very much for for answering my questions
1: oh it's such a pleasure to have someone see something and go there thanks
0: um you have 15 minutes now if there is something that's that you're currently thinking about that's kind of the edge of where you can fully put things together.
1: Mm-hmm. I yeah. would be
0: very curious to listen to you for another 15 minutes.
1: Okay. So the thing that is pulling at my attention right now is this wondering um around self doubt. And <clears throat> I have this kind of frustrated curiosity uh, that I notice in myself that i I've devoted time and attention to learning the things that I'm interested in and to creating um, this transformational process of memoir writing that's body based that uses fairy tales like i I feel very good about the process I've created. Um, and it's it's yeah, it's right on the edges, this curiosity and puzzlement that I can still have very intense waves of self-doubt rise up that cause me to question everything that I've built and to question all of my skills. And and even with all of the um, kind of processes of self-healing and personal growth that I've taken on, that I've invested my time and energy in to give myself skills to not only to teach others, but to support myself. What is it about this kind of self doubt that can show up ready and able to destroy everything? Um, That feels quite powerful. That, um, you know, and I know it's not just me that can experience this, but my edge of questioning is around myself is how what is that and how is it and I'm almost past the point of trying to figure out how to fix it and banish it but um, the frustration comes from well gee this is really tedious here I go again into another circle of my work is great my work is terrible no one will show up everyone will hate it I'll get a billion emails um, of how I've insulted and offended and destroyed everyone oh no no that's just your self-doubt have faith and trust carry on
0: (laughs) so it seems like the self-doubt is not just doubting your abilities but kind of having these horror scenarios of what could happen
1: oh yeah that it generates those for sure Um. So. Let me just pause for a moment. It's like this sort of... uh, this little presence that is always vibrating at a different rate than the rest of me just waiting to pounce.
0: (laughs) Pounce on what? Hmm.
1: Well, now I am reminded of Eckhart Tolle's idea of the pain body. How it's waiting to be fed by some sort of little hook. So that that concept I think is working really well right now. It's 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 just waiting to pounce on some little thread of fuel it's tedious so <laughs> it's tedious and it's it the the edge of wondering is hmm is this just how it always is or is there some way to boot that little asshole out of here you know
0: so the options are i have to accept this or fuck off
1: (laughs) but but how do i effectively (laughs) tell it to fuck off
0: (laughs) okay um i see your question now yeah Mm. has it changed over time
1: Well, I think it's lessened a lot. I used to exist in constant self-doubt all the time, just waiting to be found out. Now it isn't constant. So it's definitely lessened, but when it shows up, it's quite powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I know I should only be, or in, my, or in my own, in a rule book, I should only be asking questions right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a thought coming up and I sure. offer to share it with sure. you. <laughs> um, which is uh, that in, in my perspective of the personality, we have very different parts, like that part that pounces out, mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. and they react to different. Let's call them triggers. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the triggers I actually find in myself and in quite a lot of clients is this fear of attack. So there's, there seems to be in me really a fear that if I do something, I will be attacked. And I have oh. different parts that come up thinking they need to, to save me before I'm attacked.
1: I think that's not quite it, but maybe a part. Um, Oh shoot, what's the right word? Fear of being cast out. Hmm. The attack leading to being cast out. So for me, the bigger fear is being totally ostracized and cast out of whatever circle or group or... um, having said that I haven't really been attacked so I don't know how I would respond if I were really attacked through of course through words or criticisms this is very
0: interesting so being attacked and then cast out Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm
1: I'm trying to tune into something but there's nothing there right now
0: <laughs> how is nothing yeah it's nice <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty nice
0: <laughs> if i look at your face you actually seem quite happy right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no big thoughts yeah i imagine also no uh self-doubt right now
1: yeah yeah
0: I'm also happy to just uh, sit here.
1: So the one thing not quite at the edge of my awareness right now um, is that I have to run to the bathroom. So, seems appropriate for this section of your podcast. Can we pause your we'll recording? we are just
0: continue letting the time run. I will be right back. See you in a moment. So we're going to continue, huh? You still mm-hmm. have three minutes and 20 seconds to, to continue your exploration. Good Lord, this 15 minutes has felt like forever. (laughs) Mm.
1: (sighs) Well, let me think. (laughs) Let me feel. (laughs) What else is chasing at the edge? Um,
0: I also, like I am personally intrigued also by the by the nothing, the pleasurable mm. nothing. Mm Mm-hmm like is that still there
1: yeah yeah it is it's it feels like the feeling of having eaten a really satisfying meal being really full but not (laughs) not over full no (laughs) with eating a really satisfying meal accompanied by lovely conversation with whoever it is.
0: Yeah. Mm. That sounds rich. hmm That's
1: this but it's a similar feeling to what I was describing about being in the forest and just hanging out in the forest until I feel the forest working on me to calm and settle. <clears throat> hmm.
0: Hmm. Is that also similar to that inner self you were speaking about in the beginning?
1: Hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, it makes for a somewhat boring podcast conversation, (laughs) (laughs) but I sure feel good right now. (laughs)
0: The the point is, I I make these conversations absolutely secondarily for people to listen to in the end. They are very primarily for the conversation itself. So. Mm. Sometimes shit is boring. It (laughs) happens. (laughs) But I enjoy it too. I enjoy (laughs) it right now. (laughs) Oh, right. I like the expression of, well, it sure does make for a boring podcast (laughs) conversation. (laughs) this this is also one of those things that's really difficult to to portray on video because to me it actually seems like there is a genuine connection at least for me right now mm-hmm. i have mm-hmm. no idea if anybody watching this would feel similarly i don't know <laughs> yeah, that that's an experiment <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time i don't care <laughs> that was your 15 minutes by the way they're up you made it <laughs> so that mm. means we have about half time and Great. you have 15 minutes of asking me whatever you are interested in of can be about my life my work my views my whatever Mm -hmm. really what interests you
1: i can indulge my curiosity
0: as much as you dare
1: well this is fun and i wasn't quite sure what to ask but it's just it's just showed up because i also have a podcast and um it sounds like maybe our motivations for starting the podcast are similar. And I'm really curious if that's the case. So you talked about how, how we sound to the listener being the secondary intention and the the first intention being the actual conversation and connection. Am I getting that right?
0: Um, yeah for me the you kind of had two places where it started like number one I just love talking to people but Mm I hate I've had it so often that I would set up a call with people and we would kind of talk but kind of not like it would be this polite dancing around the bush uh, uh, Mm -hmm. kind of thing because we don't know each other we so so creating this clear setting where it's like these are the rules first we do this then we do that then kind of even though it's artificial it seems to create more clarity that actually leads to deep conversations yeah Um, so that was kind of my primary primary one and my secondary one was that i was getting bored by kind of cookie cutter conversations on many of the podcasts of like here is my pitch oh, how interesting. Mm-hmm. Here is my mm-hmm. pitch. Oh, great. Bye. I just don't mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> I <laughs> so
1: agree with you. Uh, so you said something interesting that you made these artificial rules around the conversation, which is something I did with my podcast as well. But I find that creating a structure and constraints often leads in creativity to a blossoming and it gives enough clarity for people that they can relax into the the meat of the conversation and you know these kind of strange cookie cutter podcast conversations um even though the rules aren't articulated the rules are there of being superficial and shallow right so it's still i think mostly being
0: polite
1: light yeah
0: and 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 in one way it's it's not actually about the conversation but it's about i want to have my turn to say what's important to me and you want to have your turn to say what's important to you but it's not about me listening to you
1: Mm, and it's not about you listening to me so is that what was boring you most was the lack of listening
0: yeah that's why i call this thing listening from self Like actually, for me, it's about at its core about the art of listening.
1: Yeah. So um, what is the richest experience? I, I don't mean like a specific person, but in this new format for this podcast, how is it most satisfying you?
0: it's really different so i I, f- I find every single phase of the podcast satisfying in a unique way um in this time where i can just ask questions it's i'm, I'm deeply curious about people and i often hold my curiosity back because my curiosity is uh, not always pc and not always um nice and not always so i had a conversation uh, about um for instance archetypes and people talk about archetypes and my my real question is how the fuck are you aware of archetypes and i'm not meaning that as an insult or as i don't believe in archetypes i just want to know how are you aware of archetypes how do you feel them how do you perceive them do you see them is it how are you aware of them and and it's easy to understand that as a criticism but it's oh yes yeah
1: it's really it's
0: really i want to figure out how Mm -hmm. you are aware Mm. of it because i'm aware of these weird things i would just never call them archetypes so i'm Mm -hmm. just in my in the back of my mind i'm like is that the same thing right
1: yeah
0: um but the only way to find out is to ask questions So I am allowed to do that. And then I have people ask me questions because I actually like talking I just never know what, talk, what to talk about. So whenever people ask me questions, I'm like, yay, I can answer them. Right. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. so, so, so you there. started a podcast
1: where you're the host, where you get to be asked
0: questions. Also, yes. <laughs> I that's created so a world just like I wanted.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, my self-serving um, part of asking you about your podcast is that although I started my podcast with a structure and intention to get deep into things I wanted to talk to people about that don't, don't usually get talked about, I'm, I've become bored (laughs) of my structure. And, uh, and that's interesting as well. I've become bored of the things, the way I set it up to be most fascinating. So, i like that you've built in a section for being asked questions that's pretty exciting to hear about
0: yeah i find that and i mean that's not really a question but i'll just comment on it yeah, yeah please comment <laughs> um, it's um yeah it's really this sense of um Through people asking me questions, I can perceive myself from a different perspective. And through through me asking people questions, they can perceive themselves in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I also find that these different phases of the podcast, like me asking you about what I'm interested in, can give you a very different perspective than you talking about something you are interested in, but me still being there and listening and actually asking questions so that even in listening, I can potentially further your thought or exploration. So I actually Mm -hmm. think that these different places are um, super helpful in a way.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have discovered because my podcast, which I've loved for a long time, even though I confessed to, recently being bored of it, I've discovered that not everyone is willing to have a deep and honest conversation, even if they seem like they might be. And I'm curious if you are having that experience or if you invite people on and somehow are not able to go deep enough.
0: I mean, then that's the question of what is deep enough? I and I'm, I'm not sure on on that
1: or if you can if you can shift below the surface of of identity based on what you do and what your interests are and have this kind of honest rapport of considering each other's questions and answering
0: so that's part of the reason why I start With asking the questions I'm interested in, and I context it as I can ask whatever question I want. Mm, So, mm -hmm. so that's an icebreaker. Right. It's it's um, through that I can see what do people react to, how do people answer. Um, I've had people with whom I've been a lot stricter than, for instance, with you. Like, no, that that's not what I was interested in. I asked about that, and I would. I would insistently ask about one point a couple of times because that's the point I was interested in. My sense was that allowed me to deepen the connection. Um, so through that, I can get a pretty good feel for what the conversation is like. And at the same time, I do think that with each person, the conversation is different and mm-hmm. that different people have different um, kind of mannerisms that they're that they are identified with or more or less so i think certain people are so used to feeling themselves a certain way that to actually let go of that would be scary as hell
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then the conversation will not go certain places Mm
1: -hmm. and i'm okay
0: with that like i'm not here to 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 deconstruct people's identities that's not my my idea
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i am interested in like pushing against it a little bit to see what happens and if i see oh that that's off limits then i'm also okay with that
1: mm-hmm. hmm. what uh What are you getting the most pleasure from your podcast, right,
0: so far? From this one or in general? No, no, in general. (laughs) Um, There have been two main experiences. One is that I had the feeling of each time I've talked to somebody, I walked out. Like getting a, I did, I I don't get to know the whole person, but I. It's like I have a certain slice of them that I actually get to know quite deeply.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like a, like a birthday cake, where I actually cut through the cake, in one and I get like this thin slice. But I have all the layers in that, and that's been very very um, um, rewarding for me having having those slices of people i can take with me in a, in the sense of recognition and, and the second one is actually i've found it that, that all the topics i've taken in here to talk about also just because they're on the edge of my thinking and i don't yet have clear words for them it has every time it's really helped me to to just come in here with something and then Sometimes it was a really personal exploration, and sometimes it was a very content-based exploration, but it really helped me further my thinking. And I find that incredibly uh, fulfilling.
1: Mm-hmm. Furthering your thinking, what, what does that mean? for you
0: so i have these topics i think about and Mm -hmm. i think there are different people think incredibly different so there are some people who ponder some people who move things in the back of their mind for years and years for me i usually think about things So I'm interested in one thing, but rather than sticking to this one thing, which I'm absolutely incapable of, um, I will jump to all sorts of different topics that are connected to it and I'll constantly rotate around it. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's about this thing. And usually I have these, um, I have these, I can talk quite eloquently about something until here and it gets all wobbly and mumbled and unclear after that so that's kind of like my sense is this is the edge of i can i can really articulate until here and then it gets i don't even know and furthering my thinking is i can suddenly express something i couldn't express before and sometimes I'm very conscious of there's something here, but I don't know what yet. And sometimes it's more like I'm circling that. And then there will be a, day, a time when it's like, ah, ah.
1: The way that you describe and use your hand gestures around your thinking process makes it feel less thinky-thinky and more sensory and physical
0: i think it very much is at least for me um, i actually would assume it's for everybody like at least if we believe like neuroscience and shit, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's very <laughs> sensory for everybody um but my my thinking at least the way i perceive it is very spatial mm-hmm. so i have certain things at certain places and um I sometimes shift things around, and yeah, it's very spatial. It's also when I work with people, I have the sense of things moving in space, both in me and in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm aware of these moves.
1: I yeah. have very
0: few words for that, but that's why. Well, I'm, yeah.
1: And I, I want to highlight, just because this is an audio podcast, how vividly you're illustrat- illustrating with your hands all of this spatial thinking style, because it's, you just said you have very few words for that process, but your gestures are telling me everything. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, there is also a video of this podcast, but for the audience, oh, okay. I extend my right hand into <laughs> space and I turn it. And <laughs> yeah,
1: I didn't realize there was video as well, but but yeah, you're very, very gestural describing your thinking process.
0: That's one of the criticisms I do get for the videos I'm making is I'm using my hands too much
1: oh
0: no 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 no, it's just i'll counteract
1: (laughs) that i I love it
0: (laughs) i i i can't do it without that but um but it is one of the criticisms i get regularly is that people that especially people who come from a very professional background Mm. they they think i'm using my hands too much and i'm always like how is that even possible
1: yeah, well, I also, when I'm really trying to see, I'm starting there, but using my hands and um, I think there's value to it. So I'll, I'll just add a little counterbalance to the criticism. And isn't that interesting about what professional body language is, is considered to be a function of shutting every single natural impulse towards expression down? Uh-huh. So
0: that was 15 minutes again
1: felt like an hour <laughs> in a good way like yeah. just very rich
0: so so I have 15 minutes now mm-hmm. to talk about whatever I want to talk about and um so you you, you please feel free to ask me questions I mm-hmm. I I really benefit from that because I actually I can think much more clearly if I get questions um, and the thing I want to talk about today, and I'm, sh- and I'm very curious because the last three times I've talked about things, I've always ended at really personal points. And um, I'm not sure that's going to happen today, but maybe it will. <laughs> um, is um, I'm, I've, I've been researching the unconscious in a scientific way very much these past weeks and i'm and it's been something that's i've been looking into for years now trying to understand the unconscious from a modern kind of cognitive science perspective Um, so how do
1: you how do you do that research in a scientific way
0: um so i'm not like a research scientist but i i read books about it and i look at the at the at the research and i try to connect it to the experiences i have with it um but the thing i i am super fascinated by is um, this did that answer your question by the way yeah okay uh, the thing i'm really fascinated by is um, this understanding that i am getting more and more of our unconscious mind Number one is fucking huge compared to the shit we are aware of consciously. And it includes so much of our body and our sensation and our feeling and all of that. Um, But the deeper thing that I think I am so fascinated by and that I keep on getting a deeper appreciation for is that our whole system is constantly scanning our life and our environment and everything and subconsciously adapting to make ourselves fit and survive and thrive in the best possible way so that's kind of my my interpretation of that's what our unconscious is doing it's constantly going like what are the rules here okay i think i understand the rules okay how can i adapt to that and all of that going on without us even noticing so for instance in business these are the rules you're not supposed to move while talking because then you're professional i don't know why but um but when you're in business nobody has to tell you that because everybody just does it because they're subconscious picks up on it and goes like, oh, yeah, I'll do that, too. Um, But this this thing I I keep on thinking about is um, our subconscious learns things in order to adapt and to basically survive. But it also learns things that maybe in this situation we grew up in or we were in school in, we learned something that was beneficial but actually it's absolutely not beneficial anymore but we keep running on the same learning we've had 30 years ago because Mm -hmm. our subconscious is really stubborn at changing something once it's really implemented that that strategy
1: So do you have an example of that for yourself? Tons.
0: Yes. But um
1: but then the question is if you know, is it your subconscious anymore?
0: Yes, because I can't just decide to change it because it goes on anyways. (laughs) Right.
1: Even though you have some awareness, it goes on. So it's so by that definition it's still in your subconscious
0: yes it's it's okay interesting i mean i I imagine you know that like you you've kind of got an understanding of a certain pattern you have
1: oh yes in my (laughs)
0: case for instance let's take a thing that you could call i think in one way you could call it arrogance i i do have that and especially in certain situations in which i feel um insecure the more insecure i feel the more arrogant i get the more i will elevate myself above others
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i consciously know that i'm doing that when i'm in that i usually don't notice because it's happening without me choosing that and even when i'm for instance in a new training or in a new course and i notice oh (laughs) i'm doing that again It's not easy to stop. (laughs) It's not like okay, I'll I'll stop being arrogant now and stop putting myself above people. (laughs) Like kind of telling my body to get out of it. Like that's Uh not how it works. But also, I've seen that through being aware of it and through consciously kind of teaching myself new ways of being, that it slowly changes the pattern I'm running. So where I used to get a, a lot more I am better than you in these new situations, it's less now, but it's still there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I'm just so fascinated by this, by the, the incredibly smooth way that these patterns just run. Mm-hmm. Um I'm incredibly fascinated by the fact that I have this conscious mind that thinks it's so powerful, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm also fascinated by the fact that, um, and the, I, ah, now I get what my actual question is. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to me rambling. Um, because, um, but I also then know that in sessions I've personally had and in sessions I've had with clients, there are these moments where they, where they or where I've made a new experience, an experience that's fundamentally different to anything I've made before. And it's like these experiences can shift years of unconscious strategies in one go. Whereas in other cases, even though I'm aware of what's going on, I can't change it. So there are sometimes these things that are so difficult to change and then there are sometimes these moments where something so profound happens that it shifts the whole thing in one boop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I'm curious like how are these different? These two things. So do you mean
1: how is it different the interaction where it the awareness is there, but it doesn't shift. Versus the interaction, where the awareness is there and the poop happens.
0: Yeah, like how 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 are these experiences so different? Where I make it, I have a new experience. Example: I've I was in a course. <laughs> I was in my "I am better than you" uh, pattern, but I had a personal session in that course in which I got in touch with the vulnerability below the, I am better than you. And I could hold that vulnerability in a new way. Mm -hmm. And after that, the arrogance was still there, but it was so much less. And it's stayed like that since then.
1: Mm.
0: Whereas before I was kind of consciously aware of it for years but it shifted like a millimeter <laughs> mm-hmm. or maybe 10
1: huh. the word shame keeps popping into my head so I'm wondering what role shame plays in bolstering up the immovability
0: I mean in in my in my personal example there was shame and there was like i'm not good enough underneath i also know that there are examples where i don't think it has to be shame Mm
1: -hmm. but it's
0: this underlying um yeah the underlying emotional charge or the underlying stored um burden that has such a powerful impact.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a, I, I'm feeling some like there's something between those, those two states where one transforms and the other stays stuck but i don't really have a question for it but it's a really interesting inquiry that i've definitely wondered about as well
0: and i think for me this is a wonderful moment because i have that um i have that question clearer because it's something i've been kind of Dwelling on longer. I, I do even have an exp- I have an explanation in in a different model that I could now just I could switch into that model, but I, I really want to understand it from this unconscious Like Maybe the unconscious really can have these moments where it realizes Oh this whole thing I was doing was based on wrong information.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Here is the correct information. (laughs) Ta-da! Maybe maybe that happens.
1: Yeah. And I wonder too, maybe the unconscious just needs enough rounds of that loop of, of, you know, the self witnessing and Spinning through the loop, and then the timing is just right for it to go bump. I think that timing and sitting with things is potent as well, and easy to not. Uh, I wonder if it's easy to not notice that the something that seems miraculous and sudden is based on a lot of preparation in whatever form
0: it's that old saying of uh luck is uh, preparation plus timing something <laughs> like that
1: or 20 years of hard work <laughs> yeah that's, that's invisible that's hard work right
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but when, when you said the word timing what came up in me was grace because mm. i i do really think there are these um, I used to do quite a lot of work in quite intense spiritual spaces where it was about like working with enlightenment states. And there definitely was um, an element of grace there. Mm. There was an element of people would be in a certain space where mm-hmm. something like a profound opening could just happen. And two people are in that space and one person has an opening and one person doesn't. Mm
1: -hmm. And there's
0: absolutely no reasonable explanation to explain why one person has it and the other doesn't. Maybe there is something that, that we don't see or we're not aware of, but there seems to really be this grace that sometimes grace is there and sometimes...
1: What does grace mean to you?
0: For me, in in certain moments, I feel like there's something bigger than me and way beyond my comprehension, uh, present or moving through me. And
1: a moment of grace, right there. <laughs>
0: thank you Google gracefully (laughs) but um, it's so I know it's sometimes where something's moving through me where whatever I experience in those moments is so 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 different to how I experience myself basically any other time that I'm like Uh, that's not me maybe it is maybe it's me not just not recognizing that that's me but i would call that grace and sometimes i have it not that it's moving through me but that something happens in a group or a field or a setting i'm in where something shifts profoundly and i have no explanation for it other than Grace. Like something happened that's way outside of my understanding and I call that grace. Hmm. Google was telling us that fifteen minutes are up, by the way. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> hmm. So that was uh, the conversation.
1: Yeah, thank you. That was really um, a different and super enjoyable
0: structure. Yeah, thank you for being here and uh, just being you.